going through this was so fascinating to me um, in terms of how all this works. Like I just, it's insatiable. I love learning about this stuff. And it just was, I can't not tell people because you this need, you can see people that you meet in daily life in the grocery store or whatever, and they just don't know. And even though the information's out there, there's so much conflicting advice. There's so much confusion. And, you know, it's not what the doctor and the government are saying. And so it's really hard for people. And I just feel like people need to hear that there's there's more choices and there's tools out there if they want to step out. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. Wendy Valentine here with, we have a Wonder Woman on the show today. (laughs) She was like, I was looking at her bio and I was like, my gosh, what have you not done? You're like the shizzle dizzle and the cat's meow. So today's guest is Katrina Foe author of Nutritional Pilates. She is a board-certified holistic nutritionist specializing specializing, specializing (laughs) in integrative oncology, became a practitioner after putting her own breast cancer into remission 100% naturally. I told you, she is a wonder woman. Katrina specializes in helping women overcome cancer naturally and balance their bodies to avoid the chances of recurrence. Her passion is to help you use food as medicine and lifestyle choices as tools, I love that, to stay free of debilitating conditions. Everyone, welcome Katrina to the show. Loud cheer. (laughs) Thank you, Wendy. It's so great to be here. Yes. So I was reading on your website, your story of when you got the big C. So I, if you don't mind, um, sharing that story. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is how it all started. So I was nursing my, my son, my first son, baby number five, and I had a mastitis, a plug duct. And as that cleared up, I realized that, you know, the large golf ball side lump that I had thought was the plug duct mm. didn't go away. Mm. And, you know, I'm a nursing mom. The breast tissue is constantly shifting. I didn't think a whole lot of it, but um, my mother actually pushed me to get things checked out and it came back that it was cancer. So wow. I'm, I'm grateful that she pushed me in there, but yep. You know, we had already had a lot of health journeys at that point mm-hmm. and really gotten into uh, food as medicine and seen some dramatic results 
doing all the stuff, like to the extreme point where, you know, we had moved to Idaho and we're raising our own cows for our, uh, our clean meat. So, I mean, it was, yeah. it was, we were doing the stuff. We weren't eating standard American diet. And I was just a little frustrated to say, <laughs> to minimize mm-hmm. it um, with, you know, how this could happen. So I just put everything back on the table and was like, okay, clearly something I'm doing is not right. Mm. Let's evaluate every piece again so that I don't miss anything because I want to figure out why this is happening. Mm. And going through all this, you know, I realized that even though I was doing stuff, you know, there were still a lot of things that were really not functioning well in my body. Mm -hmm. And because I had never done any functional testing at that point, I had taken a lot of things for granted that they, I was getting the effect that I had read about with, you know, doing these odd changes and stuff. And, and I also realized that I really had some funky gene variants that, you know, were just a weak link that I needed to do extra things to make sure that we're working. So, I mean, we can dive into what all that means, but through that, I was able to address it just naturally looking at how to really um, support my body and get everything in that it needed in nutrient wise and get out the things that were hindering it in terms of like toxins and such, which mm-hmm. was um, an amazing journey and led me to want to understand it better. Go back to school. Wow. What a story. So I'm curious though. So you you were already doing things naturally before you got the diagnosis, right? Yeah. At any point, like after you got the diagnosis, were you tempted to go the traditional route of <laughs> treatment? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and honestly, I really wasn't. I had seen people mm-hmm. go through it, the vomiting, the hair loss, like it I I, I have hypernemesis gravidarum, um, mm-hmm. which is where you're just vomiting uncontrollably to the point where when I'm pregnant. Uh, and that's during pregnancy, just to clarify, not just yeah. all the time. Um, <laughs> I was like, is this going to happen now or? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, so like my first pregnancy in the first month, I lost 30 pounds. Um, and I had to be on suppository medication because I couldn't even take it orally. So it, and that even with me being, you know, not wanting to take any drugs kind of thing. So it, it was yeah. pretty severe. So that was a pretty big deterrent for me, but also it just, it didn't resonate in here that mm-hmm. that for me was going to be what worked. And it's very interesting because looking at my genetics and seeing the epigenetics play in, like I have really terrible methylation and detox genes where if I had gone pharmaceutical, it would have been a lot harder on me personally because I don't process things well yeah. than most people, which I'm grateful that I I went with my gut, so to speak, on that one. Yeah, but um, bump. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean that you had this awareness about your body um, and what what could happen if you were to go that route. And I'm sure well, I. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. To clarify, I did not know what would happen until yeah. later, but I just we had seen food do crazy cool things and. Yes. I really wanted to know why this is. I'm a questioner. I so let me give you a story, Wendy. So one of the first things I did when I found I had cancer, you know, I was putting everything on the table. I'm like, well, let's look at the raw vegan diet because that's what everyone is talking about. This was back in the day. And I went down to Mexico to a Gearson clinic and I had read all their stuff. And I'm like, I'm gonna give this a shot. This isn't really what I think would be good for me, but let's, you know, clearly what I'm doing is not working. 
And I kept asking questions and no one had answers. You know, why do I have to not eat salt? Why can't I eat any fat at all? Like why these specific supplements when you haven't tested things? And I I kept asking questions. And by the third day, the director of the facility came to me and he looks at me, he's like, Katrina, my staff has been telling me that you have a lot of questions. And I just think that you need to trust in the process. (laughs) Are you flipping kidding me? Because this is kind of like a, a do or die situation and you're not answering my questions. So, I mean, for me, I want to understand the why behind it. Like my favorite clients, the ones that really want to understand and and they ask good questions because I see myself in that. Like, I want to know, like, why did I get cancer? Exactly. Yeah. I don't buy that. It just magically happens. And we're, you know, playing Russian roulette with whether you get it or not. Right. Um, That's not what the research shows. Yeah. And the key is in asking the questions. Very rarely will we ask questions and be curious about other options. Instead, we just go by whatever someone tells us to do with our health and with our body, right? Right. And it's yeah. it's hard because when you get that diagnosis, the way that traditional standard of care handles it is a very fear-driven sales mm-hmm. tactic, mm-hmm. which I understand they have a job, they're selling yep. a service, But at the same time, they push you as if you're going to die yesterday if you don't do their treatment. And that is not the case in the majority of cancers. You know, so taking the time to breathe, do Mm -hmm. some research, talk to some people and just weigh out all your options. You know, I'm not talking over the course of like 12 months. I'm talking over the course of maybe 12 days, a month or two. You know, you have that time. It's not this urgent make an appointment now. Exactly. Like everything has to be done right now. And you owe it to yourself to do, to do that research, to ask those questions and to figure out what's good for you. So a question for you, did you have friends and family that were like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing this? You know what the doctor tells you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. So I kind of had already earned the crunchy granola weirdo um, mantra amongst my family and friends. So I don't know that they were like super surprised, but I had people that were mad that were telling me that it was irresponsible of me with all these kids to try this stuff because I was going to die. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're not even a doctor. Like what in the world? It was super offensive. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you the thing that I did that I think was a game changer for me. Um, and I tell all my clients this, I sent out an email at the beginning of my journey, um, letting literally my entire, everyone I knew from anywhere know what was going on and that I was going to address it naturally and what my plan was. Hmm. Um, and then I wanted prayer. I wanted yeah. their prayers. And then I put something interesting at the end, I think was the most important part. Cause I really did want the prayers, but yeah. I also told them like, I get that you might not agree with me. like. Everybody is do their own prerogative. If they have done or done, do want to do something different, like that's their choice. But that if they did disagree with me to please keep it to themselves. Yeah. Because I did not want any negativity in my sphere. Yes. That that is so good for you for taking a stand. Thank you. You know, I, I didn't come up with that on my own. A friend suggested that and it was probably one of the best most important parts of my cancer journey, because it really protected me from yeah. that negativity and the doubt and the, 
oh my goodness, is am I doing enough? And the yeah. neurotic part that comes alongside it so that I could really just rest and focus in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. That people that supported me around me. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the judgment to yourself, but just mm-hmm. give some prayers if you'd like to, you know, exactly. but like you said too, you wanted to go ahead and protect yourself, put that shield up of negativity and shoo, shoo, go away because that's the last thing you need. Like we know like thoughts become things and what you think about and what you feel like that is affecting your healing too. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's actually one of the major drivers is emotional and mental, you know, stressors. And honestly, like I have a couple of family members, not the Mm -hmm. majority, but a couple that still don't talk to me and think, Mm -hmm. I don't know why that what I did was wrong. Um, and that's okay. But yeah. the majority of my family, you know, I got a lot of support from, um, which was, it was really nice to see. And it was very nourishing and helpful. Yeah. I love the fact that you, when you got the diagnosis, you were looking for the cause. You weren't just looking for what the solution, but that really it's finding that cause will get you the solution. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got people, the first thing, everyone's like, how in the world did this happen to you? Like you're doing way more stuff than I would do. Like, what does that mean? Like, I I got that a lot from friends and neighbors and such. So, I mean, I I couldn't not address the you know elephant in the room of like, yeah, here's like what else could I have been doing? We made our own toiletries. We did our own cleaning products. I we already ate everything from scratch. I was soaking and dehydrating the nuts, like all the stuff, all the stuff, um, yeah. which is just crazy. And now I understand what was driving it. But at the time I was kind of like, what the heck was, what was that main cause? Was it what you had mentioned earlier? That- yeah. So mm-hmm. with cancer, there's 10 areas that will drive cancer that we see it in the research. Um, mm-hmm. and most people, you know, were looking for one thing, but it's never one thing. And this is where I think people get into trouble because they kind of latch onto, oh, this is my thing. But it's usually like six to eight of these areas that kind of get off imbalanced, if you will, just Mm -hmm. to be generic. Um, And they create this perfect storm where the body can't address it because Mm -hmm. our immune systems are designed to address rogue cancer cells. And so it's just a matter of making sure that the immune system can do itself. It's, I'm sorry, it's own healing because, you know, I don't heal cancer, whether Mm -hmm. it's not me as a practitioner that does it. It's my client's bodies that do the work, just like it was my body that did the work, not necessarily my brain, my body did it. (laughs) Yeah. And I I always say this, it's like the our human bodies are so miraculous. They oh my can, goodness. Yes. And it, but we're like, I feel like we take it, we take them for granted. Yeah. There's so much going on behind the scenes. I mean, just look at a pregnancy. Like you're making a person from yeah, scratch I know. <laughs> and people are like still trying to do jobs and like upset that their body isn't cooperating and acting yeah. exactly the same. It's, it's kind of a little ludicrous, but I mean, oh. the same thing I have to tell my clients all the time, like, your body is doing a lot of healing work. Like you need to like calm down, relax, like own the fact that there's a lot going on there because you don't necessarily feel what's happening. And here you've had seven children. Yes. (laughs) I know it is fascinating. Fascinating. And I've had three, but with every single one, I was like, my God, there's a baby. There's a human baby in there. Like that's so (laughs) much like growing a baby. 
But I mean, like we we hear it all the time. Like so and so just had a baby, and oh, there's you know baby being born. Da, 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 da. But like there's a human being, you know, like it's crazy. So it's like we we take that for granted. We take even like our own healing for granted, and also the like you mentioned earlier about foods and and let the food heal you. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I. You know, even at this point, having seen insane amounts of healing, like I still kind of forget how important, like every single bite, you're making a vote for what kind of health you want. And it it just seems so like the low hanging fruit. But yet again, we take it for granted all the time. Yeah. So how long did it take you to actually heal from that cancer? Um. From bottom to top, probably about a year, just around that time. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And all naturally. All naturally. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of detox, a lot of little sideways rabbit trails because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, Yeah. And then uh, I had, like I said, a lot of things off. So my metabolism was totally jacked up, totally insulin resistant, no idea, no symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, my hormones, I had several kids already and I was very estrogen dominant, which I had no idea. Mm. Uh, a lot of stress. My adrenals were pretty taxed. Go figure with that many kids, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, my epigenetics, my, my gene variants were pretty messed up. I've got a lot of areas genetically that they're not causing cancer, but they're not helping me like the detox right. and I don't metabolize vitamin D and produce vitamin D rather very well, things like that. Um, And then I had a lot of inflammation. I had a lot of emotional drama, turmoil going on in my personal life. And the the biggest one for me specifically was um, the environmental toxins. And Mm. I had no idea, but about eight months before I found the cancer, we had moved into a house and it had very, very high levels of toxic mold. Oh, I didn't even know this was like an issue, but this was a known carcinogen that I, you know, like, think about, I just had five babies. So maybe my body's a little tired and I was, I had all this bad genes going on. And, you know, that's like the straw that breaks the camel's back where the rest of my family was fine because they were not tired from having, making people and they had better (laughs) making people. I love that. It's a big deal. (laughs) But you know, the, the mold was a big, so I just encourage people. I think it's pretty amazing. Um, I test for mold with all my cancer clients and I have only had one client come back without toxic levels of mold. Wow. So I shared with you earlier, we, we have so much in common. Um, so I used to own several integrative medicine practices, right? My ex-husband is a practitioner and uh, so in Virginia, uh, at the same time that I got Lyme disease, I had black mold toxicity. Yes. So we had a house, brand new house in Williamsburg, Virginia, which had a ton of black mold underneath, like in the crawl space, had wow. no idea. And like all of us, even the cat and dog were getting sick. It was like, what is happening? And kind of the same thing. Like we, we treated our bodies very well. We ate healthy. We were doing all the things. And like, why are we so sick? And it took years and years to just like fully 
detox, all of that. I still have like some issues that will pop up here and there. I still get like the inflammation from the Lyme disease and all that crap. And plus they could, the symptoms can be so similar to things like even like a flu. And of course now you got to throw COVID in the mix, right? Yeah. <laughs> but oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But you really have to, I mean, course, we don't want to get that diagnosis or any diagnosis, right? The, the key is to prevent. And then, you know, it's to look at your body holistically. That's one thing I've learned about just being in integrative medicine. It's, it's not just like one thing, like, right. okay, my elbow hurts. Well, it's not, maybe it's not in your elbow. Maybe there's something else. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like you, uh, everybody owes it to their self, no matter where they are in with their health. Just stop and take a look at your body, how you're doing, how you're feeling and prevent from getting anything. Because then once like you get those diagnoses, then you're really trying to not to say that it's not like you couldn't do it, but to try to prevent anyways. Exactly. That, that is my passion. That's yeah. what the book's about. It's a framework oh. to help people see what they can do to prevent the disease yeah. um, because I don't wish this on anyone. I mean, I am super grateful for everything that was put in my path and supported me through this, but it's not a fun process. And, no, you know, yeah. unfortunately, we we tend not to deal with things until there's enough pain to motivate us yeah. to take action. Uh, but, but then again, you're already in pain and you've already dealt yeah. with it. So knowing some of those low-hanging fruit that you can work on to maybe not get into that pain place yeah, diagnosis like to me is invaluable because like you were saying with the mold and things and the lot, like a lot of the stuff people don't necessarily do wrong things. Right. And there's so many chemicals, yeah. so many toxins, like our oh. bodies. I am shocked that any of us are walking around, honestly. I know. I know. Yes. And the, the things that I see on these labs when they come back, I'm like, how are you alive? And, yeah. and people don't know don't know that any of this is going on. They have no idea what chemicals are in their water or the air, yep. or the food they're eating, maybe a little bit, you know, that's getting more widespread, but it's just not, you don't know until yeah. you trust a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Even if you're eating perfectly, you're mm -hmm. still going to have toxins from your environment. Oh yeah. Big yeah. time. Mm -hmm. And I really, mean, we, mm -hmm. go ahead. We're, we were living out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally I don't have cell service at that house because it's like in the Valley. And so there's, there's no EMFs. There's not, we didn't have Wi-Fi. Like there wasn't all this stuff that people think about in terms of pollution and everything even, but there was toxic mold. And, uh, you know, yeah. and that probably just threw it over the edge there. That's yeah, there was a lot mm -hmm. of things like, you know, sluggish hypothyroid and mm -hmm. low, crazy low vitamin D levels. So there were a lot of issues yeah. that were kind of maybe set up by the pregnancy that I should have been testing and looking at. Mm -hmm. I encourage all mamas to look at their labs, like run real labs, not just like a CBC and a metabolic yep. panel that is not cutting it. Um and, and, you know, so you combine that with some not great genetics and then you throw on the gas of that mold and there you go. Um, yeah. On fire. Mm -hmm, exactly. And then the stress from it all too, that didn't help. No, no. And yeah. I, that was my fifth baby. My oldest was like seven or eight at the time. So <laughs> that's a lot. That's <laughs> a 
We moved a month after he was born. So again, there's there was a lot, a lot of stress going on and not necessarily all bad stress. Like he was a, yeah. a wonderful baby, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah, that is that is a lot. So tell me about um, your course that you have, yeah. the program that you teach. Absolutely. So I've been working with years for client with clients one-on-one and I am super excited. Uh, in January, uh, 2024, I'm launching a group program, a group version. So it's kind of a, you know, a lower price, but you get to have a lot more hands-on, a lot of community support, um, a place to ask questions. Cause I like, yeah. and both of them we're packaging up a year long program where you get the support and the course covers all the different labs. So you really understand what your labs mean and how to piece together a protocol specific for you. Um, it also covers the group program covers all the labs so mm. that you get to run everything and really make sure I'm super passionate about like, um, getting all the smoking guns on the table at once. Yes. Yep. A lot of practitioners are like, let's run this test. Oh, let's try this. This didn't work. Okay, let's do something else. And with cancer, you know, you don't have time to mess around. You want to know what your, you know, behind the scenes, things you didn't think of are on there right away at the beginning. And just to help, um, you know, everyone being able to figure all those labs out, because I've seen those labs, like it could be a little confusing. But then the fact that you actually walked them through that, it's great because you need to know, again, going back to like asking questions and you should know, become more familiar with that. Yeah. So the whole yeah. course is designed with the the main intent of let's uncover your root cause drivers so that you know, not only what caused the cancer, you know, because but how to then get out of it, you know, make sure that it doesn't come back. Because the cool thing is once you know, like I mentioned, so my hormones were really off, you know, okay, let's take this supplement to get them back. Let's look and retest. Okay. Now they're in a good place. And now I know what tests to watch in the future. I know what symptoms to watch in the future so that if things start to get a little weird, like yes. I started, this might be too much information, but like last summer I started to notice some breast tenderness. I'm like, mm. are my hormones off again? Mm -hmm. oh, no big deal. I order a test. No, they're great. You know? Mm. So what else could it yeah. be? It'd be a little perimenopause. It could be, you know, other things. No big deal. Um, yeah. and, and that's going to catch things a lot sooner than like when you have a whole full-blown tumor kind of thing coming back. Exactly. Yeah. Just being mindful of your body and checking in with yourself. Exactly. What are your yeah. weak links and really understanding your body and having tools to address that stuff? I love that it's custom tailored for each person. Yes. I am a big, mm -hmm. big fan. I mean, like to me, everything has to be personalized. Yeah. I, you know, I have a Pilates studio. That's what we did before this. And it's called personalized Pilates because like whether it's movement or nutrition or, you know, any of this stuff, it needs to be very custom because what would be good for Wendy may yeah. not be good for Katrina and vice versa. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that will just go by the generic stuff online. They read an uh, alternative cancer blog and, oh, this is the panacea for everything. And they do it and they're not getting the results that somebody else got. And they're like, why? And it's like, well, we're not all designed. That may not have been your issue or yes. you, know, you just may not be wired the same and that's okay. You just want to know what's going to move the dial for you so that yeah. you get the dial to move. And just like you, you have to take a stand for your health and for your body. And not mm -hmm. everyone's going to agree. And that's totally okay. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and I can relate having had uh, like integrative medicine practices. It's like, I mean, I had neighbors that would call, call us Quakers, you know? <laughs> like, oh. okay, whatever. I'm like, I'm okay with that. You know, like, so it's bad that you eat healthy. Like I'm such a weird one. Right? You know? Like I eat fruits and vegetables. Is that so bad? Oh, you know what though? Even yeah. today I, and you know, I, I try to carry this as much as possible still today yeah. because I don't want to go back there. Um, and people will be like, wow, you're so extreme. Like I think, and, and there's that touch of like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Why would anyone do that? And I'm like, why wouldn't you? you yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So how, how did, I'm curious, how did your diet change after all of that? Are there things that you avoid now that you didn't know that you needed to avoid? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is the beautiful thing. I am so grateful that I got kicked out of that cancer center <laughs> because they were, you know, raw vegan focused. And that for me is like the worst thing because I was insulin resistant. So they're giving me 12 juice shot, their juice drinks, fresh pressed, all organic, you know, all good stuff. Yeah. But for me, you know, drinking juice is literally a sugar bomb. You've taken all the fiber out. That's going to slow it down, how it gets to your blood sugar. And it, it was just making everything worse. So for me, um, I do a very strict, very clean ketogenic diet mm. and it was amazing, Wendy, what happened. My, you know, I'm not doing it for weight loss purposes. Like people talk about now it's all popular, but this was before it was popular Yeah. and my brain lit up. And the, the most beautiful part of it was that I have bipolar and I have had mm -hmm. that diagnosis since I was in my teens. Mm -hmm. I had been on heavy medication and I had did not like how I felt. Um, mm -hmm. and I white knuckled it for over 20 years. But when I had cancer and I got on a ketogenic diet, everything shifted. And it, I didn't know after a few months in, I could feel something was different and I felt better, but I didn't really want to say anything. Cause it's like, you know, there's this mantra, like bipolar is not reversible. Like you are just oh, right. And it was my daughter. My husband was, um, doing like a family worship time and talking about being joyful in all circumstances. And, he was giving example of a neighbor's that lost a house. And my daughter piped up and she goes, well, like mom's cancer. And he's really sweetly like, cause she was, I think 10 at the time. And he's like, what do you mean, honey? And we're like, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, if mom hadn't had cancer, she wouldn't have tried keto. And now she's happy. Aww. So like she could feel and sense that there was a mental shift going on. And what I've discovered is that for me, um, a ketogenic diet, getting into ketosis, we are actually dropping ketones, puts my bipolar hundred percent remission. Wow. Which so what's ketogenic? I've never heard of that term. Okay. So a ketogenic I mean, I know diet, keto, is it just keto? Yeah. 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 Keto is okay. slang for ketogenic. Okay, got it. It's just super popular and trendy. So now it's just keto now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very high fat diet. So 80% of my diet is fat, mm. which is a lot. And um, it's moderate protein and then very low carbohydrate, which mm. sounds crazy, but I was basically eating probably the opposite of that. Um, I was very carb focused. Like I lived on carbs. Mm -hmm. And it was driving all my dysfunction from the mental mm -hmm. components to the blood yep. sugar and the hormonal. I, it was, I was going from one carb to not the next. Are you, are you gluten-free now? 
Yeah. Oh, so that's a really good question. So mm-hmm. gluten is a protein, which I know you know, but for your listeners, yep. and it isn't necessarily a problem mm-hmm. on a ketogenic diet. However, many people that have health issues, to be totally vague, have yeah. issues with gluten. So there, there's different levels. So just because you're doing a ketogenic diet does not mean it's gluten-free and yeah. vice versa. But for me, gluten is not a huge driver problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, I'm not eating very much gluten because the products that have gluten are the things I'm avoiding, meaning like breads and such. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So like, what's your, what's your typical meal? Like chicken, fish, or just had lunch. And for lunch, I had a big salad with, um, oh, my daughter made this amazing grilled chicken that she cut up on there. And it had some of those wisps, the Parmesan wisps and, um, cherry tomatoes cut in half. And then she made this amazing homemade Caesar. Cause I will tell you the inflammatory oils that are in almost all salad dressings, are one of the most toxic things you can eat. Um, oh, it has so much garlic. I'm so glad we're on Zoom because you can't smell my breath. But I it can was smell your breath, made. Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, I put a, like, so for example, I, you know, it wasn't a huge salad. It was, you know, a normal yeah. size. But I had probably at least like probably a half a cup of dressing on there. It was so um, good. And oh it had my God. in it too. You know, mm. I tell you what, like I, so I live in Portugal part of the year. And one of the things I love about being over there is that their food is so clean. It's not as genetically modified over here in the States. And that's one thing too. It's like, if you live in the States, I mean, I have people that listen to the show all over the world, which is awesome. But if you live here in the States, you really have to be careful about what you're buying and where you're buying it from. Oh yeah. And I'm going to take that step further because the GMO is like one of many problems. I mean, I I don't know, but probably some of your listeners know that in Europe, like they don't have the preservatives and chemicals and fake sugars because they're smart Mm -hmm. enough to outlaw that. And they'll have the same company's products and they'll have the European version that's clean. And they use like natural vegetables to dye things. And then there's the US version with all the toxic chemicals that are known carcinogens. Yep. What the heck? Why are we allowing this? I don't even understand. I know. Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Actually, like, yeah, you guys should should look up uh, dwarf wheat, D-W-A-R-F. So uh, interesting little fact here, I'll tell you about our wheat here in the United States. Uh, I think it was back in the 1950s. So our wheat, remember like that, what is the song about the, 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 the wheat and the, I can't remember it. But anyways, our wheat used to be nice and tall and it would sway in the wind. And then to make as much wheat as possible for, for people in war and the poverty, what they did is they genetically modified the wheat here in the United States. And now we have what it's called dwarf wheat. So it was more, more wheat per yield, right? Well, they never tested it. Yep. They did it for money. Right. So they never tested it. And that's why there's so many people in the last, you know, couple of decades that are realizing, oh my gosh, like I, I can't seem to handle a piece of bread or they're getting celiac or whatever. But, but same people that like will have celiac, not me, I can go to Italy, I can go to France, I can go to Portugal and I can chow down on a loaf of bread and not have any issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder where the line is between the dwarf wheat and the glyphosate, because again, yeah. in Italy, they're not spraying stuff with glyphosate. And yeah. that is, and for those of you who don't know, that's another term for Roundup, but that yeah. is one of the most toxic, toxic yeah. chemicals. 
and they spray it on the wheat right before they're going to harvest it. So there's no rain washing it away. So that has more glyphosate on it than the vegetables that we're worried about and such because they get washed away. But it's it's so toxic. And and they put gluten in so much. Like they'll put it in, for example, salad dressings. They put it like if you really, really start to read your labels, you'll notice where they put they put gluten in almost everything and things that don't even really need to have it. So yeah, like it's not like the original einkorn AI. E-I-N-K-O-R-N that we've had here, but they not only did they genetically modify it, but then they're spraying crap on top of it. So by the time it comes to you, your little loaf of Wonder Bread, it's just, you might as well just chow down on a bunch of chemicals. It's awful. And it's all, yeah, Mm -hmm. I have people that are like, yeah, but my grandma and yeah, but you know, my sister, you know, some yep. people can handle it. And this is where you go back to the epigenetics. And some yep. of us just have some weak links. Some of us yep. have other things going on where, you know, the, the, the mold or the hormones or whatever, where there's just more of a perfect storm to, to make us more susceptible to the that wonder bread being yep. the turning point. But, you know, everybody's a little different with their history and yep. what genetics they've got and, and the other factors where... I think it's really important for people to have the framework of it's it's not one thing. Like it's yes. not just the bread or yep. just the glyphosate or just the gluten or it's it's all of this and what that all means for each one of us is a little different because we all have our different background and makeup. Yeah, exactly. So just like when you you have your program with, you know, let's say you've got 20 women in there. Judy might be eating more vegetables and Lisa might be eating more chicken or whatever the case is. Yes. Because they're also different. Yeah. And I'll give you a good example of this. Um, I mean, to the point where, so for me, epigenetically, Mm -hmm. I have a genetic variant um, Mm -hmm. called COMT that mine is very fast, which means that I just Mm -hmm. like turn over my neurotransmitters and hormones like super fast. Mm -hmm. And I actually use matcha. So pulverized green tea that slows it down. Mm. Now, usually cancer clients have a very slow calm tea because hormones are usually an issue. This actually helped me with getting over the cancer because my hormones were not as much of a problem. Mm -hmm. It's neurotransmitters. But for most people, they're slow. So they end up having a backlog of the hormones. And so for the same issue, breast cancer, the matcha can actually make their issues worse with the hormones. Wow. But yet you'll see all over like, oh, everybody should drink green tea. You know, it's got lots of ECGC, which is cancer fighting. It's like, yes, but, you know, we need to fine tune and see what's right for you based on what's going wrong and, you know, fine tune and personalize it. Yeah. It's great that there's so much information out there, but it's also bad that there's so much information out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you really have to like sift through it. And I love what you're doing. This is, I mean, I said in the very beginning, you're a Wonder Woman. It's, it's, you're very brave to have done this naturally. And you're brave to like be teaching this. That's, that's tough. Thank you. Yeah. You know, going through this was so fascinating to me um, in terms of how all this works. Like I just, it's insatiable. I love learning about this stuff. And it just was, I can't not tell people because yeah. You just need, you can see people that you meet in daily life in the grocery store or whatever, and they just don't know. And even though the information's out there, there's so much conflicting advice. There's so much 
confusion. Mm. And, you know, it's not what the doctor and the government are saying. And so it's really hard for people. And I I just feel like people need to hear that there's, there's more choices. There's options and there's tools out there if they want to step out. Yeah. Are you teaching retreats? I did my first retreat last spring and it was oh, you did? fantastic. Yeah, I was going to so say, like, fun. I can totally see you teaching a retreat on the farm. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? Funny. We actually did it in Scottsdale. And oh, oh. I mean, well, you saw stress is one of the drivers. So, I mean, yep. my thought is, uh, you know, why do we have to be in this high stress fear base the way yes. Andrew of Care does it? Why can't we? have some mocktails by the pool and have some non-toxic pedicures while we learn about our epigenetics. Yeah. I Could love we it. not have hard science mixed with serious fun and <laughs> enjoy getting better and learning about our body. So that's where my retreats, I, ha- I don't oh. have the next one scheduled, but there definitely will be one. You could do it in Portugal. Oh, oh, I would love that, Wendy. Yes, we should talk. I know. And actually, I live on the island of Madeira. So it's even more, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. Gorge. Yes, yes, all that. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, So where can we find you? Yes, my website is cancerfreedom.com. And yeah, and my Instagram is at Katrina Foe. So I'd love to connect with you. And for your listeners, I would love to give you my free ebook. It's um, the roadmap to how to prevent a cancer recurrence. So you can go there and get that. And I talk about the exact tests and these different drivers and all the stuff in a lot more detail in there. Oh gosh, you're so awesome. Thanks. I feel like, like you're like your daughter, you know, she had said, well, if she, if mom hadn't gotten cancer, then if you hadn't gotten cancer, then you wouldn't be here teaching this to others and helping others. So bravo. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, Share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.